the Finding Joy podcast. Thank you so much for allowing us to uh, be a part of your day today. We are shining a spotlight on the joy that exists in the lives of people all around us. And us is me, I'm Jerry, along with Rob and Benji. Even though it was a very rainy day, we did find some joy in Hogansville for this episode of uh, the uh, Finding Joy rainy? podcast. That's an They had gopher wood on sale at Lowe's. <laughs> That's how rainy it has been. It was so rainy. Yes, yes. Monsoon <laughs> we, season in Georgia right now. And we got caught in right trying, to, trying to find the place. Yes. We got yeah. out of the car, and the GPS said, you're there, and we couldn't see it. And where, so, was, where is this coffee and we were house? In yeah. the middle of the worst downpour of the storm. Oh, yeah. man. So we came in. Rather drenched. Yeah. You were treading water, buddy. Yeah. The place was Station Coffee House, and it's right next to the train tracks in Hogansville because it's at a, an old train station. Really cool area. It really is. It, it's an up and coming area. A lot of young adults are moving into that area, and we happened to talk to two of the young adults that are <laughs> living in Hogansville. Caleb Stanley, who I've known for a while, he started a I guess a young adult movement in Coweta County, and it has expanded, and uh, the name of it is called The Alternative. He also wrote a book entitled The Alternative, all about his story behind how this movement got started. He is a newlywed, and his wife was with us as well. Her name is Maisie McLean. She is an actress that you may be familiar with from a movie called I Am Not Ashamed. It tells the faith story of one of the victims of the Columbine High School Massacre from 1999. She was actually the first victim, mm-hmm. Rachel Joy mm-hmm. Scott. Right. And her role was played by Maisie. And she's written a book as well. She's got a devotional that was kind of a companion piece to the movie mm-hmm. called It's Worth It. And she's a singer and songwriter. Is there yeah. nothing she Where can't do? Where does she have time <laughs> yes. to, to meet with us and drink coffee? I know. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't have time to talk to her about her music. But, of course, it is available. We're going to link to Caleb and Maisie in the show notes for all the info about them. And you can see all of their work through their website. So let's go ahead to the Station Coffee House where we sat down with Caleb and Maisie as, as Caleb was finishing up a pretty tasty looking walk. It looked like it, yeah. Mind if I open in song? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> I thought a prayer was coming. I, I, know, I wouldn't I mind like, that. Okay, <laughs> but a song. <laughs> Step up. Do we know the history okay, of yes. Do, do yeah. we know the history of Hogansville? Um, very few people yeah. realize this, but Hogansville is one of the few towns in America named after a TV sitcom, <gasps> Hogan's Heroes. No really? way. Bob Crane visited here one night, and they changed the name to Hogansville. Jerry Is loves making up okay. history about town. Honestly, I would believe that about this town, though. I really would. <laughs> but from what I understand, Hogansville, seriously, has seen uh, such a growth as of late. I mean, a lot of young people like you guys are, are coming in. It's funny. I always joke. The pioneer group is kind of what everybody calls it. But uh, I moved down here. I was working at a church in LaGrange. And uh, I knew, I saw this loft on Zillow for rent. And I was like, oh, I can afford that because <laughs> it's Hogansville. And uh, it was in between LaGrange and Noonan. So I moved here and my friend, he called me and he said, hey, man, I feel like God's calling me to Hogansville. And I was like, oh, sweet. There's going to be two of us here that can hang out. And, um, there's, there's another amazing family here, the Morgans, who had lived here that I was able to meet through Jake and 
they just really started dreaming up what it would look like to revitalize a small community through sports, through arts, through faith, through, you know, what are all of the things like community, a, a coffee house, a pub, all of these different um, things that a community needed. And the, the infrastructure was here because it's such a cool old city, but it's just empty and deserted other than some antique shops and, you know, some old houses. And so I uh, ended up, long story short, moving back to Noonan and they all stayed down here. And I had this fear, like, I'm going to leave and everything's going to boom, like, as soon as I leave. And sure enough, I go back to Noonan and they start opening coffee shops and restaurants. And I'm like, all right, I'm moving back. I'm moving back. I've got FOMO. I'm coming, coming home. So Well, and also... So we had just gotten married, we got married seven months ago, and um, I've been out in California working a lot, and then we've settled down in Noonan, and um, I had just, like, grown to love Noonan, and then all of a sudden he came to me, and he was like, so, Hogansville, and I like, came down here, and I was like, oh, uh, no, <laughs> and, but until I started meeting the people, and I asked people, I was like, what do you like about this town, and they all just, everyone said the same thing, they said, there's something special, and something so different here, and then when we moved here, I was like, I just, I fell in love with it. Well, you can tell as soon as you walk in the place with the clientele is it's what, a little after 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning and the place is full of people your age. Yeah. So either they're all unemployed or. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of entrepreneurs. Are here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We joke, yeah. well, it'll be, a, you know, Wednesday at two in the afternoon. We're like, yeah. let's all go, you know, go down to the lake. And it's like. Yeah. Well, we're all self-employed or entrepreneurs, so we're no, we don't have nine to five, so everybody's, you know, it's just, there's a beauty to it. You know, I grew up north of here, and everybody you knew was 10 minutes apart, um, but here, it's like a community, like you're geographically very close to everyone yeah. you know, and you know all of your neighbors. there's an account- accountability yeah. in that. There's also a, a forced, like, communion with each other to really be close to people like you're, you're praying with them Sunday and then you see a Monday like, walking down or honking as they drive by your you house. You really can't it's, escape is what yeah, we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. If you've seen Gilmore Girls, it is Stars Hollow off of Gilmore Girls. It's a town on that show. Right. So the people that know that show are going to be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll have to ask my, uh, my wife seen, and daughter about that. They will know and they will be like, whoa. <laughs> can, can, can I back up just for a formatic purpose? Okay. We never introduced our guests. <laughs> We're talking to Caleb Stanley. I've known Caleb for quite a while. Yeah. He started a, what do you want to call it, a youth movement in yeah, Calvita County? Yeah, just a faith movement. A lot of young adults, college, and really started with a lot of high schoolers. Um, a young group of us, Austin Dennis, Tyler Dunn, a friend of mine, Luke Lazan, moved here. Just several kind of college-age guys my age. We just saw a need for church unity. This was about seven years ago when we started these gatherings. And just saw a lot of good youth communities within churches, but yet in high schools and colleges, there wasn't a, a working together of those. So we just wanted to create a space where a conversation could bridge those gaps. And uh, we did that through once a month, big, large, loud gatherings. You had Pentecostals, Baptists, Charismatics, Presbyterians. I grew up in a small Presbyterian church. You had some Catholics coming to this gathering, and they're all like, hey, we're we want to meet each other. We want to reach the community together. And um, it was just kind of a conversation starter and more of a catalytic mm-hmm. space to bring the church together. Yeah. So you can call it whatever you want. We've been called a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and Maisie McLean is yes. here with us too now. Uh, the two of you, when did that happen? How did you guys meet? 
Oh, man. Oh, she started sending me DMs. No. I did not slide into his DMs. <laughs> well, you just go ahead and tell the story then, baby. <laughs> just change all um, the facts. We both were booked to speak at an event um, in Atlanta, actually. We just, I don't know, we, we have known of each other for a long time. Like, I even sang at the Alternative one time, like back in the day, but we didn't cross paths. Like it was just crazy. I mean, we like briefly yeah. did, I think, but it was just bizarre. But so um, we spoke at this event and then really he started flirting with me and that what it's DM'd called? me. That's how it goes. <laughs> and um, we had a ping pong tournament, which I won. Yeah, which I still won't let, let him live down to this day. But um, And then, so, yeah, I think he reached out to, he wanted to see if I wanted to go get coffee. And I was like, oh, I'm moving to California. Sorry. <laughs> and so um, I moved to California. And he was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know. I was just kind of weirded out that it, that didn't bother him or that didn't like stop him and then on valentine's day he said he had a business meeting quote unquote business meeting. it was a business meeting and for my he asked marriage. if i could pick him up for the, from the airport and i was like sure and when i picked him up he had like an entire day planned in malibu that we like spent together and it was like the best valentine's day ever i had a i had a yeah, friend in la really. that i didn't really know very well and i thought okay if this just hits yeah, the fan. Potential. I'm just gonna hit. I'm gonna hit Rick up and say, "Let's go hang out." So it wasn't a complete lie. There was there was some. I was the business meeting. Yeah. So she she picked me up and yeah. I said, "Let's go to the beach." And yeah. then I flew out. You know. He flew out a lot day, after that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we cross country dated for a while and then. Yeah. How many Valentine's days ago was that? It was we, 18. So you, this, yeah, yeah. can't even count to two. Guys. So <laughs> that was really we hard. We dated for eight months. We're engaged for eight months in the, and then been married for seven months. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. You've got an, uh, a career as an actress. Yes. and I, I mean, both of you are mm-hmm. authors and mm-hmm. you're Renaissance people, basically, <laughs> right? All the time yeah, we're like, we're, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> There's days where I'm like, man, we are just... Like, so I'm so grateful to be able to do this. And there's days where I'm like, I think most of the family thinks we're homeless. <laughs> no, like, like no one th- like, knows we what promise, we promise, guys. <laughs> right. but, it's um, a crazy schedule sometimes. Yeah, right. but we wouldn't want it any other. It's so fun, like, that we get to kind of do it together. And, um, yeah. You're from the area as well, yes. aren't you? You're from... Um, so I grew up in South Georgia. My dad's okay. a pastor. Right. And we moved up to uh, Middle Georgia and then... Um, we're in Douglasville for like 10 years and then I went to Kennesaw State University for college and then moved to California and then now we live here. How did you get the acting bug? Oh, I think my mom, she was like really big into musical theater and dance. Like she was so incredibly talented. It's funny. The Lord called her out of the entertainment industry when she was um, like 20. Just, she just knew she wasn't supposed to be a part of it. And then my whole life, and like she secretly hoped we would never step into the entertainment industry just because things she saw and just what happened and everything. And of course, that's what the Lord called me into. <laughs> and so, so it's been cool. Um, but so I started when I was 15 doing plays and then I got an agent for TV and film, did a few like guest star appearances on TV. And then the biggest thing I had done, I did a movie called I'm Not Ashamed. Right. And I played Rachel Joy Scott in that movie. And that kind of launched my career a little bit and then I'm currently working on a TV show now in LA so I'm back and forth doing that but yeah it's been a journey when people tell me they want to be actors I'm like you better make sure <laughs> right you want to be an actor <laughs> because it is not it is not for the vein of art it's a journey I almost quit multiple times <laughs> with all of the 
entertainment, TV and film in Georgia. Have you ever done anything here? Yes. So like when I was in college and everything, the guest star appearances I would do were all Atlanta based or Nashville. But then I've went out to California. I don't know. The Lord just like really opened doors for me to go out there. And the bigger roles that I wanted to go out for, I had to be out there for. Um, and that's getting better in Atlanta. Like you can, um, there are more lead roles you can get being out here, but it's just more prevalent out there, I guess. You have more opportunity. So um, that's why I went out there. But a it is, Atlanta's growing. A lot of the Atlanta's onboarding <clears throat> happens in LA. A lot of the onboarding and Yeah, you kind of have to establish yourself out there. And, and then, then you, you can you wind up yeah. shooting out here. That exactly. is the because goal the tax. always. We're always like, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. I am not ashamed. I, uh, I actually watched that last night. So I, I was... I was telling them when they came in, I, I knew exactly what Maisie looked like because I watched her in a movie <laughs> last night. So. This guy comes up, he's like, hey guys. And I walked I in like, like, what? And I was like, what? <laughs> Incredible movie though. Um, I mean, just an angle on the story of Columbine that if you have lived in this country in uh, mm-hmm. the last 25 years, you know that story. And uh, But to know the story of Rachel Joy Scott now mm-hmm. is pretty incredible. I don't know if, if you had a, a connection to her that is um, sort of transcendent that people watching the movie may not see, but you have uh, experience with playing her. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like she's almost like my sister now. Yeah. Like it's, it's weird, but I really think it was just something that the Lord, like it was my assignment to do. Like he totally called me to it. And um, her best friend, is still alive and he saw the movie and he even said like we had the same laugh we had the same voice we had the same sense of humor he was like it was so weird and he said he felt like when he was watching the film that he was watching memories and he wasn't watching a movie he was like all of that was so real and um the filmmakers did an awesome job of showing like what actually happened and like they used her journals like i would sit down and read all of her journals um before every day of filming and i would just be on the bench just sobbing <laughs> because it was such like you just felt the holy spirit and it's, it's like such a tangible way um i just think she i don't know she was so anointed it was it was amazing were you able to have like her actual journals in hand yeah, her oh mom gave goodness. me like a box of wow. like some of her clothes her journals and I would read through them all and um, yeah so I do feel like I have like a connection to her in, in a cool way just because I got to look inside of her life um, I got to sit down with her mom and she oh my goodness she's one of the most incredible people you'll ever meet in your life this everything she's been through and um, so yeah it was definitely one of the most like life-changing parts I've ever I probably ever will do honestly the movie itself um, it speaks to your faith Mm-hmm. Um, your personal faith, and both of you have lives that seem to be on that path to mm-hmm. to want to minister mm-hmm. to others. Is this mm-hmm. something that you kind of collaborate and dream about? Do you have like uh, you know like goals? This is when this is where I want to get for us as a couple or us as individuals. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, we both have the same goal to to reach people and to share yeah. the gospel and what the gospel looks like for everybody. We love that, but when it comes to goals, it we just want to have a life of purpose, and it, a lot of things are constantly evolving and changing. And I'm I'm all over the place. I'm always <clears throat> dreaming things up, but we we really just want to see God move and and meet us. There, there, I had a mentor talk to me one time and wrote about this in the book, but 
there's this idea of a nexus point and he was talking about like if you look at all the the men of the bible who were just like legendary guys like i want to be like david or i want to be like moses or abraham there those moments that they were remembered by were moments where god man's courage and god's calling collided you know it's that idea like moses god split the waters but he he got there and like he he put his foot in and he stepped in and you like you look all throughout the bible and you see that narrative so for us whatever circumstance it looks like wherever it is we always filter it through like okay we're gonna have the courage and we're gonna make sure it lines up with what god's calling us to but at the end of the day he's gotta he's gotta split the water mm-hmm. and if we can do it on our own we don't want to do it. it's boring yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean exactly. like to a fault yeah. like we we, we want to see god meet us meet that courage and mm-hmm. so to answer your question when it comes to goals we just want to see god do some amazing things with our generations the generations surrounding ours and yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's interesting that the three people you mentioned are all old testament figures I love the Old Testament. Yeah, he loves it. I'm always like New Testament. I love He's stories. Like, oh, I got have a story. Or I'm not staying focused. I, I, what I love about those guys is their incredible faith without having seen the face of the Savior yet, mm-hmm. and yet they had that faith, knowing that the promise had been made and it would be made good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they never got to see it so in, in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So true. That's so true. Wow. Let's talk about the alternative. We've, yeah, we've, let's do uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got you've got a book, um, yeah. but you've you've got a movement that's that's going on. It's been going on for a little while yeah. in in Noonan or yeah, Coweta we, County area. We started and we haven't done any gatherings this last whole year. It's just kind of been a season for us to to rest and see. You know, the alternative started as I use the word conversation. I've used the the word like as a catalyst, but it was really to meet this need that we saw where churches, when I was in high school, they weren't working together. There were some youth pastors that were not talking together. We, we wanted to see God meet us in that. That was the need. Our courage came in, we, and God met in an amazing way. We saw him just bring churches together, and we had really thousands of students and young adults come over the last few years out to these gatherings. And um, we, we got to a place in late 2018 where we felt like in all honesty, it was like the same people who are just oversaturated in, in Christian culture and not even their faith, but just Christian culture. And um, I want to come hear songs. I want to come receive. I want to receive. And they weren't bringing lost people. It was just kind of becoming like a, a club for saved people to show off how saved they are. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and that's not not the goal. So we just decided we're going to take a season to just to continue to draw close to the Lord, to continue to see what what's the new need in our generation and how do we reach that. Uh, events are amazing. Like we've, we've got to do events, but there's got to be other ways that we're drawing people into into a, a relationship with traction that's right. pushing them into the community, that's engaging them. And the alternative is just one of those tools we're going to use to do that. And God only knows what that looks like moving forward, man. I, I pray all the time, God, what does that look like? You know, and sometimes he's like, just get, get to the edge of the water yep. and just, and then I'll show you. And it's like, no. And he's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? But um, so it's just been like, a, man, it's been a roller coaster. I've seen God move a lot. Uh, our first gathering was March 16th, 2012. We did it in a gymnasium 
uh, at Crossroads Church in Nunos where we had that gathering. It was in a basketball gym. And he's always seemed to work in two-year increments. It's like the tide, you know, it comes in and it goes out and you, you find that rhythm as a, as a friend of Jesus. And you, you go, okay, God, I want to be in that rhythm with you. It's like the undertow. Sometimes you're out in the ocean. You can't really see it, but you feel a pull and you feel the pressure. And a lot of times our faith is like that. It's like, I can't see what God's doing, but I feel him moving and stirring. And eventually the tide comes in and it goes out. And for us, the alternative, it's in a season right now where we feel like we're just, we're resting. We're not doing big gatherings. And we, we just want to make sure we're not just doing something to do it, but we're really answering what the need is for a city and for a community. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's Jesus. We all know it's Jesus, but how do we clearly communicate and articulate that? Um, we're discovering that more and more every day. So, right. I applaud that. That's really brave to have something that's really working and cooking and you're just getting it built up and think, all right, for, for the reasons that you said, I've often thought that about the, the mm. culture of event Christianity. There are people, they keep going to seminars and they keep going to, to meetings and events and concerts, but then they never take that out right. into the community and share it. Right. What's, it's, it's like you go and you do spring training for baseball for six weeks and then you never play a game. It's right. the, the purpose of those things is to build you up yeah. so that God can shine through you and your community and draw others to him. Yeah. yeah, and we we I mean we have such a group of just people who have a calling on their life as an individual and then also we we feel a calling to each other and we recognize that those giftings, you know, build a bigger platform that can bring bring people in and um so it's it's just a journey to discover what that looks mm-hmm. like and it it is a um you got to know you just got to know that God's going to use you he doesn't need a brand or a platform but he wants to use you and then it it's just and it's a roller coaster it's exciting and fun so I know you've got a book out now can you give us sort of yeah, the, the so cliff notes version of we what's... were uh, me and Austin Austin was mentored by the same guy I was mentored in high school and we both wanted to start this ministry. I knew I wanted to start a worship ministry. He knew he wanted to start a ministry that would reach his baseball friends. And he wanted to call it the alternative to give them kind of this, all right, there's an alternative to just getting, you know, hammered on the weekend in high school and sleeping around and doing all these, like, there's, a, there's something you can do differently that's great. And we know that as Christians, it's, it's our life with Jesus and following him and all the joys uh, that come with that. But... So we were driving down the road. I knew of him. He knew of me. We both knew what car each other drove because we were mentored by the same guy, but we had never met. And he pulls this this truck with a big four by four, I mean, redneck lifted truck with a four by four pressure treated cross on the back that had Romans 116. I am not ashamed. You know, it starts flashing its brights at me and I'm driving in a truck and I'm like, what is going on? I'm about like, I don't know what he flashes his brights. I pull over on the side of the road and he comes up and he's like, Hey man, um, we introduced each other. We kind of, and he was like, I, I, I want to start a ministry. I don't think it's a coincidence we ran into each other. I'm wow. like, well, we didn't run into each other. You pulled me <laughs> over. I, we've told that story so many times. The details started to get blurry. I can't remember if I pulled him over or if he pulled me over. But long story short, it started there. And we were in the midst of just revving up these events. And we were having hundreds of, of 
people come out to just these explosive nights. I mean, this just you could feel the spirit. There, people were getting like. I mean, I grew up in a Presbyterian church, so you, when I say this. I mean, it, but like people were finding emotional healing and they were finding physical healing. They were connecting with God in ways that they had never seen, we had never seen. And after an event, we got an email from this lady and her name was Jillian. And she, was, she has been so awesome throughout this book process. But she emailed me and Austin and said, hey, I'm with um, Zondervan Publishing and would love to publish uh, a book called The Alternative. And I... I ignored it for like a week. I was like, this is a scam. <laughs> like, yeah. they do not, have they seen the papers I've written? You know, I, I, I'm a dreamer, not a writer. And we ended up doing some research and found her on Twitter. Come to find out she had helped, you know, like Tim Tebow and all these other different authors. I was like, we need to call her back right now. <laughs> hey, we've been out of the country. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, but we, uh, we called her back and followed up and just... Uh, what a, what a privilege it's been to write with Zondervan. I mean, such a great publishing company, learning and uh, growing from them. And the book, really, it's called The Alternative, Awaken Your Dream, Unite Your Community, and Amplify Hope. And that's what The Alternative has always been about, are those three things, is what is God stirring up inside of you? How, how does he stir those things up? Sometimes he stirs things up through tragedy. Sometimes it's through dreams, through ideas, identifying that. It takes a community to bring those things to life. God wants us to use each other. And then at the end of the day, amplifying hope is just another way to say we, we got to share the gospel, show the gospel, preach the gospel. And um, it's a lot of real-life stories. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. But it's just stories of how we didn't really know what we were doing, but God gave us a dream. We didn't know anybody, but God gave us people. And, you know, fortunately, we knew Jesus to share that. So that's a little bit what the book is it's a great book and yeah. i'm not biased yeah. she's, she's biased, <laughs> she's biased. Yeah. definitely is. have you gotten any response from people that have read the book and have started something in their own communities or, or had yeah, a fire lit there? definitely there's been a lot of just um you know people hey we love the book or whatever but the cool thing is there was a group in um Quad cities, I, I can't remember what state, wherever the quads. I thought it was Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota? I think it's up near Minnesota. Yeah, I can't it's remember. Up north, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember where it is. The quad cities. And a um, friend of mine, Blake, they came, they saw the alternative on social media. We leverage whatever we can, whether it's social media, video, like we use whatever we can to get ideas and the gospel out to people. And through that, we saw a group fly down. It was like a two, three-hour flight, wherever it's from, Quad Cities. And they flew down to the alternative, loved it. They went back home, and they started a night of worship in their community, and it grew. And they reached out about a year later and wanted me to come speak at it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I had no idea. I thought it was a small group, um, a lot of athletes. I thought it was going to be like an FCA type thing, maybe 100 people. And I get there and there was like 800 people and they had started this and he gets up there and he's like, we started this because several guys in Atlanta stepped out and we're doing that of worship and we, we were inspired to do the same thing here. God gave us that dream. And this is one of the guys who was a part of that. And I had no idea. I thought wow. I was just coming to see this thing. So I preached one of my favorite, I preached about Joseph, the dreamer, you know, that night. And so that was one of my favorite stories. Um, yeah. And I tell you, just to see uh, the impact that the alternative has been making, not just in Georgia, but 
now around yeah, the nationwide. country. That book is inspiring a lot of people to reach the young adults that tend to drift away right. from the church. So yeah, it's, it's important. It really is. So we've been talking a lot about Caleb, but coming up, we're going to talk more with Maisie and about her television show that she's currently working on and asks how she deals with being a Christian in Hollywood. Mm, yes. Now, we've got another podcast that we have not even mentioned on this one. No, I'm not at all. I'm glad you brought I, that up. I bet you are. Because I didn't want to seem like I was guy? too yeah. self, selfishly self-promoting myself. <laughs> but I do have a podcast. I actually started my podcast back in February of 2018. Mm-hmm. It's called Life with Jerry Williams. And I have mentioned this podcast quite a few times on mine. It was when I just first found out about podcasts. I thought this looks like it might be fun, a little creative outlet. And I was doing a lot of highlights from my midday show on the Joy FM Georgia and was trying to do it like every day. And that was just, that was just too much. Mm. And so I set it aside for a while. And after we started the Finding Joy podcast at the beginning of 2020, I started it back up again on a, a slightly more realistic. Did we inspire you? A little, a little. <laughs> yeah. A slightly more realistic yeah. schedule of June every week. So every Monday, I have a new episode. And I think my longest episode so far has been like 15 minutes. Oh. It's just just some thoughts, things that have been on my mind, things that have been on my heart. I love short-form podcasts. Yeah. There's yeah. some great ones out Absolutely. there. Yours yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. You, can, you can listen to it on the way to work <laughs> and then still have time to you know do something else. Right. <laughs> 15 minutes. You can't beat that. But I've, I've talked about things of a, a spiritual nature and, and taking some applications from everyday life. Like uh, on a recent episode, I talked about how Terry and I went and got new mobile devices and had a little trouble getting them activated. And I made a leap to our life in Christ from that. I also hear things about like the time my rubber chicken saved a man's life. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You have to go back and, and look for that episode. But every Monday, a new episode, and you find it wherever you can find uh, the Finding Joy podcast. It's also on the joyfm.com website, the Georgia version. Go to the on-air tab, scroll down to the yeah. Joy FM podcast. It's right there. Yeah, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Do you have a teenager? Then check out the latest episode of the Jewel Show podcast. Daniel Neesmith and Mike Ricks, two guys who have spent years working with our youth, share their insights on how parents and youth leaders can better understand and connect with this generation. I heard one of our teenagers say, he's like, you know what? I can't be a kid. Like, I just want to be a kid. Kids, they push so much in responsibility in school and in sports. The latest episode of the Jewel Show podcast is available now. Go to thejoyfm.com slash jewels. Maisie, back to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you <Okay>. mentioned <laughs> a TV show that yes. you're working on in L.A., and I noticed um, online that uh, Roma Downey is involved in this, yes. too. Tell yeah. us about the show. So she plays, um, Roma plays my mom in the show, and she's also producing the show with her husband, Mark Burnett. It's based on the Karen Kingsbury series, The Baxters, uh, which is so funny because I grew up reading these books and I would get so attached to these characters. I'm not kidding. Like before bed, I would start praying for these characters and then I would realize, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) Like I would be embarrassed for myself and I was like, God, I'm sorry. You know, like they're not real. Such a good um, person. (laughs) So yeah, the characters are not real. But um, my favorite character was Ashley Baxter in the series and I heard that they were doing a TV show and I called my manager and I was like, I have to audition. Like, I don't care what you have to do. Get me in the room. And so he got me an audition. And um, it was just rounds of it. And then finally I, I booked my favorite character off the um, for the show. And I was just, you know, couldn't believe it. It felt like such a God thing. And couldn't believe, like, I'd grown up reading these series and everything. And then we had a table read 
like about a week before filming was about to start and Karen Kingsbury was there and I'd never met her before so I was like trying to keep it cool <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh I love you <laughs> but she was like across the table and I was like hey Karen you know <laughs> but I didn't even know she knew my name and then um, she said years ago she saw or two years ago she had seen the trailer for I'm Not Ashamed and she wasn't even involved with casting she could she doesn't have a say in casting it's like a whole different department that does so she had seen the trailer for I'm Not Ashamed and thought that I would be perfect to play Ashley in her series so it was just so I mean I can't explain how God did it because it is just so mind-blowing it's like truly only him um but and I was just like you know floored because I didn't even know she knew my name and I'm sitting at the end of the table and I'm like oh Karen (laughs) um so our cast is amazing um it is truly like the most special experience and we filmed a lot of content and we have a lot of people, like Baxter fans, and because Karen, Karen Kingsbury fans, I'm telling you, it is like a cult. Yes. Like, and I was a part of it, and I still am a part of it. Like, it's like you, she's just such a good author. We're um, breaking the chains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't pray for them anymore, but the characters. But, um, so a lot of people are waiting for it, and we've been filming a lot, and a lot, and a lot. And yeah, it, it, when it is released, I Do don't we know think they'll where be disappointed. No, no one knows any of that. Um, Nobody knows. The the powers that be know, (laughs) I'm assuming. (laughs) But uh, we're waiting to hear when. So it should be very soon, though. How challenging has it been to to navigate the the culture of Hollywood Mm -hmm. with your faith? I mean... it's, it's very challenging. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, so I, I've been in the business since I was 15. And um, honestly, it's, it's always a, like every script I get, I just always say, okay, Lord, can I glorify you doing this? Like if, whether it's in the faith world or secular world, like it, do I have a mission on this set? Is there someone I need to talk to? Um, like keep my eyes open or like, is this part? Can it reach people? Whatever it is. So I really think like in any job, I'm just like, how can I glorify you in this? And he's always been so great to open the right doors and close the right doors. And um, I actually had, I feel like one of my biggest like catalyst moments of learning that was in college, I ended up booking um, a series regular role on the show Nashville. It's a country, you know, it was like my dream. I was like, oh my gosh, I get to sing. I get to, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I also get to be on the show. And um, I went and filmed with the cast and I get there and the cast is all like, all like, welcome to the family. Like you're a part of us now. And I'm like in cloud nine. And um, I don't know, I just, like all of a sudden they called me a couple weeks later and they said they canceled my character, which was devastating as an actor because you work so hard and then, you know, all of a sudden you're gone and you're like so they wanted to go a different direction whatever but um I remember I was in my college dorm and I was just crying and I was I felt like God was teasing me like I felt like this was before I'd done I'm not ashamed like I felt like there were so many things I got so close to Mm -hmm. but I felt like God was always like dangling it like in front of my face and then like snatching it away before I could do it and I was just so frustrated because he confirmed so many times that I was supposed to be in the business. Every time I tried to get out, he would literally just do something crazy to like confirm me to stay in it. And um, I don't know, I was sitting in my college dorm room and I literally, there's been a couple of times where I felt God say something, like not audibly, but so I knew it was him. And he said, Macy, like you say you're doing this for my glory, but what happens when you actually, like if you actually got to do what you wanted, how quickly like would that fade? Like, are you really trying to build your own kingdom under a mask of like trying to do this for my glory? 
And that hit me so hard because I was like, what if I was on this show and the part turned into something and I just compromised and compromised and compromised and compromised? And how, how long would I really do it for his glory or is it really just about me? So it was such a big moment for me of um, just being like, Lord, my hands are open. Like, this has to be about you. It cannot be about me because... Um, I don't know, I just felt like my heart was so fickle then. So then the Lord took me on this long journey of just um, sanctifying my heart of doing things for his kingdom alone. And then that's when I'm not ashamed. I feel like that was preparation years to do I'm not ashamed. And then I'm not ashamed came like a year later. So it was, it was a process. <laughs> you reminded me when you said Romans 1.16 of uh, 116 yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. KB. I don't know if you guys yeah. are familiar with the oh, rapper yeah. KB, but yeah. he, he has this thing, HGA, and it is really uh, stuck with me, his glory alone. You know, just to yeah. keep that on your heart. And that you really reminded me of, of a rapper just now. I love yes. <laughs> Job done. She has a tendency <laughs> to do that. Well, and I love that. And, but I even love, cool. like one of my favorite things about like walking with the Lord, like my dad taught, my dad is like my hero, like he's amazing. And he taught um, me early on, he said, judge it in your heart before it makes it to your hands. Like whenever like a thought comes in or something sits in your heart, like, oh, is that for me? Like never let it sit. Like the fact even just speaking that out, okay, Lord, is that for my glory or your glory? Is just such a flushing of your heart all the time. And I really think that's the key to being in Hollywood even of like, like trying to do things for the Lord's glory, it's a constant like, Lord, okay, that came in my heart, get it out. Or like that just entered my mind, get it out. Like constant confession, constant flushing of it. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I love that. There's so much more that we could talk about I uh, here. Uh, we just keep going because I, I know yeah. that, uh, that Maisie, you have a singing career too. And yes. you have also authored a uh, book of devotionals, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to put links in the show yeah. notes yeah. Uh, uh, of everything. But quickly, let's, let's talk about that devotional book and, and okay. what's what's in there and, and what's the name of it? Um, it's called It's Worth It. Okay. Um, so it's really like the whole premise of it is that it's worth it to follow Jesus. Like, um, the cost of it, the joy of it, like it's all worth it. And, uh, so it actually was tied to the movie. Uh, so it was kind of like a spinoff from the movie. Like when the movie came out, the or the devotional came out. So it's 21 days. And, um, my goal with it was to give people just like foundational things. Like if someone watched I'm Not Ashamed and they had no idea where to start, like I wanted them to like be able to take this devotional and be like, um, this is how you start, like the, how we were talking about flushing your heart, like that stuff is in it of just like constantly um, like giving things to the Lord. So there's just 21 like, I don't, not basic, I don't want to say basic like in a bad way, but very just like foundational Christian. Scripture um, with each one. Yeah, scripture with yeah. each one. And um, it's cool because I've gotten messages my favorite messages from people that I get about it are people that said, hey, I had no idea where to start following the Lord. And I read your devotional and I feel like equipped. And that makes me so happy because I didn't, I hate when people like are watching a movie and then they just are like, okay, what do I do? And then they like the seed falls on bad soil kind of thing. You know what I mean? So I wanted something that people could be like, okay, this is what I do. This is where I start. Um, so it's 21 days of that and it takes 21 days to build a habit. So I think that's what I heard. Scientist <laughs> Macy over what, here. No, that's what that's what I learned in college. <laughs> but so that was kind of my goal too, of just doing 21 days of something to yeah. like catapult them to you know on their hmm. journey. Right. 
It's a great book. I'm not. I'm not biased. Not, yeah. not at all. Not at all, Caleb. <laughs> I actually did read it. Uh, I bought it before we started. I was like, all right, I need to make sure. Yeah, he read she's my book. Theologically when he was sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a we both like, were here. low key making sure of that about each other. We're like, so what do you believe about this? <laughs> Just to make sure. So. The last few weeks, I attended a seminar by Daniel Blackaby. Yeah, from, yeah. You know, he has a great book on how to navigate. You don't want pop culture to come into the gospel you want to bring the gospel into pop culture and i think you know with you know people your age Mm -hmm. you know they're influenced by what they're seeing on social media what they're seeing on tv and and the constant bombardment of media in general put some perspective on on what steps you guys take to make sure that your heart is rooted in jesus so that you're not swayed by persuaded by what you're seeing out there mm. you know yeah. kind of give a little i think it's a topic that needs to be approached nowadays you know today because of the bombardment i think so, the biggest think thing is guarding your heart yeah i mean yeah. <laughs> uh guarding your heart you know whether that's through we we both do that in different ways like obviously you need scripture you need to surround yourself with scripture no truth you need to know no truth if you don't know truth if truth is ever changing, you're going to just be spinning in circles your whole life. And mm-hmm. you've got to know foundational truths and you've got to, you know, those have got to be sealed and that it is what it is. But just because you have a truth um, doesn't mean you can't go to a place where someone else doesn't understand what that is. We'll go, there's a lot of places we'll go and crowds that we'll be with because of where God's called us and how he's called to use us that you know, you could be well, God isn't, you know, this isn't, this isn't a church crowd. You're like, of course it's not. But Jesus is like, <laughs> he needs to reach these people too. And um, like when you look at the life of Jesus, I just see somebody who loved to meet people where they were. And he wasn't intimidated by going into an environment that wasn't honoring God because he was going after the person that was trapped in that environment. So we, we are always strategic about you know, before stepping into a space, um, before working on a project with people that do not want anything to do with God, that we know our truths, we remind ourselves of that, and then we're like, hey, we're, we're fine to be here. We're protected. The Holy Spirit's with us. It's not going to change us. We're going to just try to influence it. We might not even change it, but we're just going to try to set an example of what that truth is. And um, it looks different. That's why you've got to continue to come back to God. You've got to listen to that voice and say, okay, what does this look like? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think it's always by blasting your truth to them. It's just saying, this is how, this is how, like, you do such a good job with that. You're, everyone's like, Macy's so sweet. Reggie's <laughs> like, um, <laughs> so nice. But, like, there's times where she will put her foot down, and I've seen her do it with people with a lot, a lot, a lot of power and a lot of money and a lot of influence. And you just have to know, like Joseph, that's not going to, that's not going to lead me just because you have all the power. Like, I don't care because God has all the power. He has more than you have. And he's the one who's given you your power. And I'm not going to bow down to that. And um, people are attracted to that. And they see, well, why, why would she be able to say that? Why would he be able to say that? So knowing your truths and being able to circle back to those. I guess yeah. is a big thing. And off that, like I would say, I mean, for believers going into those spaces, it is so 
unbelievably easy to go into those spaces and start to be like, oh, well, that's okay. Like, that's mm. all right. Like, you, you just, I mean, especially if you're, in, if you're anywhere, but in pop culture, you're just saturated with it constantly. And if you don't know the word, I mean, you will yeah. just be just tossed out and you, you will conform. Like, if you... Yeah. Like if I, you know, if someone goes into Hollywood and is like, oh, I'm going to go change Hollywood, but has no grounding, like your truth, I mean, it's the word. Like, and you have to be, I have to be so saturated. It is what it is. Like I can go, like Caleb can literally tell if I have not been in the word one day. (laughs) Like for real. (laughs) Like I have to be saturated in it. Just, I don't know. But I have my limits too. There's spaces that I'll go to and where I'm like, hey, I'm. I, I'm I'm a very action oriented. I, I will think it, and I will I I want to make it happen or fix it or get justice for it. And then I'll step into some of these spaces or hear some of these conversations. I'm like, all right, this is <laughs> to the Lord, and you can handle this because I'm going to go in guns blazing and want right. to bring justice yeah. and tell them the truth and say this is not acceptable. Yeah. But sometimes, you know. The Spirit of God wants to to woo their heart or to yeah. take a gentle. And I'm like, all right, God, you can handle this. I'm just gonna t- take a break from this. But yeah. um, you just gotta continue to go back to Him, like you said, and yeah. uh, whether it's through worship music, um, whatever that looks like for you, you've got to yeah. figure that out with God. So mm-hmm. gotta go in armed though, and like equipped, and like because yeah. there is like a spiritual battle going on that is constantly pulling at you. And if you yes. aren't armed, if you don't know it you'll be taken down. Like, mm-hmm. there are targets on your back when you go into, you know, spaces and yeah. stuff. Sorry, I could go on. <laughs> it's like, fires me up. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, here she goes. Anyways. You bring me back to another Old Testament character, Ezekiel, um, mm. who God said, go and talk to the people of Israel. Mm. They're stubborn children. Mm-hmm. Whether they listen or not, doesn't matter. Yeah. You go and talk to mm. them. Yeah. And Ezekiel didn't know if they were going to listen. But that was between the people and God. Ezekiel was to go and do what God called him to do, which was to speak to the people. And God reminded three or four times in that calling of Ezekiel, he said, because they're stubborn people. Their hearts are obstinate. But they'll know that a prophet has been among them. So you say, thus says the Lord, whether they listen or not. Whether they listen or not. He kept saying that to Ezekiel to warn them. Whether they listen or not, and you need that. You we need that encouragement. What I you call go, you yeah. to do, because I've called you to do it, not because of what the results or the outcome yeah. may be, but because I have called you to do it. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us do what we do. Mm-hmm. Isn't that That's beautiful good. that God like knows our insecurities, and He's like, even Ezekiel, He's like, yeah. "Hey, I'm going to remind you again. This is a tough crowd." Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. then He's like, exactly. and then He's like, "Hey, man, good morning. Just want to remind you, yeah. it's a tough crowd. Yeah. <laughs> like God knows in His mercy that." We need to hear that, and uh, yeah, it's cool. Keep doing what you guys are doing. The world needs you. Yeah. Thanks, and we we have fun. We're thankful for you guys, and um, just your approach to bringing the message of truth and the message of hope and the message of joy to people. Like we've all got our calling, we've all got our lane. Some of those spaces cross over. Some of them we have our our own spaces to work in. But it's a beautiful thing to talk with you guys today. Be encouraged and. 
you know, I was like, man, I feel like I'm in a dream listening to you guys on the radio. Yeah, I'm like, wait, there's so a face to this voice. Like, yeah, I thought these were just voices, you know? I mean, we do say there's something so different when we're like scrolling the radio or whatever and we land on you guys. It's just something like, you're like, oh, I can breathe again. No, 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 it's just nice. So That's thanks nice, for what though. you're doing. You guys have fun. Can At we, least it yeah. sounds like you do something. Can we quote you on that? Put it on the, yeah. put it on the band. <laughs> and you just, did our, you just did our new promo. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, <laughs> Thank you guys so much for uh, taking some time and, and having a little conversation with us. Thank and the guys. coffee was delicious. Yeah. Was good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys. You know, that went a lot better than I thought it was going to go. Oh, not that I thought it wasn't going to go good. Right. Uh-huh. I just didn't know exactly what to expect. I had never met Caleb or Maisie. And was familiar with what Caleb had done with The Alternative, but didn't know a whole lot about Maisie, except for that she was an actress and had been in I Am Not Ashamed. So I was really impressed with them. But I must admit, and I think I mentioned it during the course of the conversation with those two, with when I first walked into the coffee shop, I said, there are a lot of people around your age sitting here. It was like 11 o'clock on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Right. All unemployed. <laughs> and, and, and when they were telling their story, I thought to myself, for an instant, for a fleeting moment, just these kids are crazy. <laughs> they're 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 insane and i think there may be a lot of people in our age group and older that would think the way they seem to be so open to god's leading almost on a whim and it's not a whim but that's how some people would read that and then i remembered when i was that age and when terry and i first got married we moved to niagara falls new york neither of us had a job but we had put a deposit down in an apartment, just thought that's what God wanted us to do. So we got married, and then we moved wow. to Niagara Falls. Wow. No job. God provided a job, and it was during that time that I was able to clearly hear his call, as clearly as I could, to full-time ministry. And I thought at first he's talking about pastoral ministry. So I went to seminary. I even pastored a little church for a year uh, while I was going to school and seminary and working at two other radio stations, and eventually wound up here. I'm still not exactly sure how that happened, hmm. but they are living their lives kind of like that, where, where they're just being open to God's call. And, you know, he talked about where man's courage meets God's call. That's where, I don't want to say magic, but that's where the magic happens. That's yeah. where that's yeah. where the miracles yeah. happen is when your courage meets God's call. And I thought of another Old Testament figure. We talked a lot about Old Testament figures during this conversation, Gideon when he was going to fight the Midianites. And he had like 32,000 men in his army. And God said, nah, that's too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could beat them with 32 without me. And if you can do it without God, chances are it's not of God. Mm-hmm. And so God said, send some of them home. Said whoever, whoever is afraid, send them home. Well, 20,000 guys went home. That still left 10,000. Still too many. Still too many. So God had them bend down to drink out of, the, uh, out of a stream. And the guys who lapped it up like a dog, were separated into one side, and the guys that put their hands down and drank were separated on the other side. There were 300 guys who lapped the water up like a dog. That's good. 300? Yeah. No way yeah. you could do yeah. this by yourself. <laughs> and so God sent Gideon into battle against the Midianites with 300 people, and he cleaned their clocks. Yeah. We need to be ready for the call. And a lot of times in, in hindsight, we can look and see how God's call has worked out through our lives. If each of us took a couple of minutes, we could probably look back and recount key events and key people and key things in our lives that brought us to this very moment when we're sitting here in the studio talking about this because there's somebody who needs to hear it, somebody who's struggling right now 
with God's call in their life. Mm. Is this really what God wants me to do? Well, he has maneuvered events and people and places and things so that Rob and Jerry and Benji could be sitting here talking about just what that person needs to hear. Wow. When Jesus gave a call to a couple of people that are unnamed in Scripture, in the book of Luke, Jesus and his disciples were walking along, and somebody came up and said, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus gave him a little warning. He said, the foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And, and he said to another, follow me. And, and he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. Reasonable request. Jesus says, allow the dead to bury their dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. And also another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. Again, seemingly reasonable request. Right. Jesus said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So once we're in, Jesus wants us to be all in. Mm. And sometimes it does, that means we don't know exactly where he's taken us. But we respond to the call and the person who is making that call on our lives, and we have to be open to his leading. So if that means you move to Niagara Falls without a job, <laughs> if you move to Hogansville, if you think you're getting called to be a pastor and you wind up on radio for 40 years, you do what God wants you to do, and you're going to be okay. If you've got the courage, God's got the call. Yeah, you know what I was thinking when you were saying that you were searching for a word and you came up with magic, yeah. but what happens is God's glory happens yes, in right. those moments. You know, because when Gideon fought the Midianites with 300, that was for God's glory. It was. Mm -hmm. And his glory was known, and I'm so glad that it's being made known in the lives of Caleb and Maisie right now and just appreciate them for being a part of this. Absolutely. You know, they're just a remarkable just answering the call of God. And if you want to know more about Caleb's story, Maisie's story, we've got links up on the show notes page, which is at our website, thejoyfm.com, or you can also find it on the show notes on wherever you are listening to this podcast. Little note about the last episode of our podcast, we mentioned that uh, Paige was going to be on this oh, episode. Right. Yes, that yeah. is coming at some point. So just hang on. We do have another episode coming out on March twelfth. So if you haven't already, subscribe. You know, you don't have to miss an episode, and you get it immediately. It's mm -hmm. it's amazing how that works. Yes, huh? I know. <laughs> yeah. Can I give you another throwback to the last episode? Sure. Where we had Juan DeVivo on. Yes, right. we did do a, a bonus material of his entire stand-up routine oh yeah and warner robbins the video for that is up you can find it on our website or on our youtube channel and also we did get that cheesecake sample yes and, and have was... him come in and we'll have video of that available as well for anything on the podcast other than what shows up in your podcast feed mm -hmm. a lot of videos and pictures and photographs always check out the joyfm.com on air section the Joy FM podcast and find the Finding Joy podcast. That Junior's out. cheesecake was amazing. <laughs> oh, Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you really enjoyed this episode, won't you do us a favor and, and give us a five-star rating and review it because that will actually help more people find the Finding Joy podcast. And you can also follow us on a lot of our social media pages like Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And all of those links are up at our website, thejoyfm.com. Just click on the Georgia icon, and then we've got all of our podcasts listed there. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for mm -hmm. this episode of the Finding Joy podcast. Thank you again so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. Next episode comes out Thursday, 
March the 12th, and we'll see you then. 